Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Jay Foreman, DP, old school, brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients, 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. Go in there and ask them what's up. Like I mentioned before, DP dropped a nugget Did uh, about Casey Thompson leaving. Did Nebraska's best player leave? Uh, you know, that's up for discussion. I still think, it. you know, uh, my opinion is, yeah, he probably is. He's their most established player. Um but I still think they have some good players, and I think it's just a matter. And I don't. And I think Jeff Sims is going to be a good player. I just think it's you know, look, you know, Casey had a tons of opportunities. He's earned that right, just like he earned the right to possibly come here at Nebraska. Um, you know, when you have a coaching change, that opens it up again. And um, you know, he's a great. He's graduate. He's done well in school. He's done well in the community. So he's earned a you know the opportunity to go other places. And there's needs for legitimate. Um, World old machines as quarterbacks that got some leadership skills and, and an ability to step into a new situation, pick up a playbook and go out there and execute it. That's what also is a big check into positive mark of Casey. Uh, you know, I don't think it really falls on the coaches. You know, sometimes that's just the way it goes. And, and it, you know, it's no different than when you look at the NFL. We just talked about the draft, right? Um perfect example i think the detroit lions had a really good draft i think they reached for gibbs but i still think it was a really good draft they got good solid football players that know how to play football to fit a type but then when they drafted gibbs they got rid of swift their best running back maybe not their best player but their best one of their best offensive players they traded him and brought in gibbs and so time will tell you know between jeff sims and casey and i think casey will do well next year wherever he ends up you know he's down in auburn or alabama today um what and a couple other no, places. yeah, he's down there uh, <laughs> today. Got there quick because he was at a. Hey, he, you know, amazing electronically now you can just like you don't even have to date anymore. You just well, he posted. You know, it. He posted. You just it. get on a plane. Yeah, and... he posted. It. He posted a touchdown in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. But I will tell you this: Casey had an obligation in Omaha, uh, FBU camp. Went there and represented real well. Yeah. So that lets you know um, he's a man of his word, which obviously is you know part of a good thing about him. And Jeff Sims will come here and do well. I this effective Saturday morning, right? That the most important player on the roster was Casey Thompson. If you wanted to gauge and and evaluate and feel comfortable about this about this Nebraska football team and the program, it was Casey Thompson because he gave you the highest ceiling that we could actually sink our teeth into. Meat and potatoes, actual substance, actual work under the umbrella that is University of Nebraska. Now, you can speculate on a whole bunch of other stuff, but the most important player, even if you think he wasn't the best player, he was the most important one to immediate success at, at the University of Nebraska. Then if you tell me that, well, he chose this, okay, 
like that still doesn't change that the space at the top of the pyramid is now changed. It's not the same anymore, right? The leadership isn't the same. Um, getting in and out of quarterback rooms and quarterback drills, because even under the injury and the recovery, he was still leading them in quarterback drills. And and again, somebody who did the the game tape for the evaluation the day Matt Rule was 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 announced and made his appearance, Casey broke down Matt Rule's offense and in in great detail. So, all I'm saying is it changes right. everything. It changes the room. And if I ask now, gentlemen, who's the best player on this team? If you if you if you tell me that the the best player, let's say I'll ask you who the best and most important players. Best and most important players that Jeff Sims is important. We can't call him the best player because we haven't seen him in this space as the best player. Right. The most you can call him the most important because <laughs> the season will ride. You will not be able to tell the story of Nebraska's football season this year without telling Jeff Sims' story, good or bad. The most valuable and the best may fall to another player in recovery. And who would that be? It could be Teddy Prohaska. Because Teddy's the guy that if he's healthy and playing at a high level, this team has a chance that's different than any other offensive line you could put out there. The same kid, you you might want to say that, hmm, maybe it's Anthony Grant. Right? Man, the most maybe the, the most you see where you see where I'm at though? I see what you I see I, I, I see it. I see it, but I got cataract. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I see it as cataracts. The most important player, individual player, give me is, yours. Is Jeff Sims. The most important group is the offense and defensive line, and I group them together. Okay. Austin. Period. The most important player on offense is Ben Scott. I know what Jeff Sims can do, and he's going to have the reins. I get that, but Ben Scott's going to make his life so much easier, and he anchors that offensive line. But, be but ben it, Scott. If there's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Defensively. I don't know who to say the most important player is. I would think it would be a defensive lineman, but maybe it's a linebacker. Maybe it's MJ Sherman stepping up. Well, maybe James, James and Lincoln just said Reimer, right? And I, and again, to tell the story of this team and program, and again, I keep specifying team and program because the team is this year's version as it's going to be, however that's going to be. The program has to take care of the legacy and the future. <laughs> the program has to be the boundary and the thing that wraps up all this other stuff. If you told me four months ago, four months ago, that you don't have Casey Thompson, Gar uh, Garrett Nelson, uh, O'Shawn Mathis, Trey Palmer, Travis Vokalek. Travis Vokalek. Well, Vokalek was going to go. We knew he was going to go. Sure. Uh, AJ Allen, um, et cetera. Right? If you told me that you weren't going to have any of these players, my skin would have crawled. That hasn't changed because those were the people, along with Reimer and Heinrich, yeah. that Heinrich, that for success, right? For the, for the same fans that have gone through consecutive years of getting your heads kicked in, the PTSD is real. So you make a change 
to add peace and ease to that PTSD. But if you're telling me you're going to walk straight back into it with uh, we knew new again, we're not get old and stay old. We not we not doing that. Okay. So then I know to hunker down. I know to get in the bunker, dig in, and settle. That leads me to two questions. Number one, if there was another year to be new, new, would this be the year, year one of a new coaching staff? I mean, I know, Jay, you've said, like, there should be eight wins on the schedule. I get that. But if 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 this coaching staff is identifying, you know, different athletic traits, to me, this is the year to do new, new again. Rather than have to reset. The other question is of Nebraska's 10 best players last year, mm-hmm. how many are gone? Oh. Yeah. I mean, at the end oh. of the at the end of the day, my man Byron said the same thing. This is a this is a young team, not as young as they look because of the COVID. And you know, because you'll have you could be a sophomore and be here as, as long as a junior. Still a young team. That's why you have to, you know, hand the reins over to a Jeff Sims. And that's why you have to bring in um, a Kemp. That's why you have to bring in, you know, uh, with the Fleeks. Um, that's why you have to go get a Gilbert, right? You're guys with some experience. Now you are hoping and wanting that they reach expectations, but that's why you have to go get a legitimate center. And Ben, ben Scott, even though I felt like Hickson was probably their most consistent and best offensive lineman last year, um, that kind of was just overlooked. But you got a two-year – possibility with Ben Scott um and so that you, you got to piece it together and and you got to go a, along with the process so I, I I think this year is a year that yeah you can have some new new but this isn't a year to go one and eleven the roster isn't what Matt Rule wants because that's how you, you you know if it was you wouldn't be bringing in 39 new guys before you have to make any cuts right mm-hmm. so he wants to add to it but I still think you can squeeze out six to eight wins because I feel like just me thinking about it is look at what you're getting paid, what the expectations are, what the expectations should be, your experience, right, and the schedule. All of it kind of adds up to kind of get a, you know, like kind of that building block year. Now, it takes it's still going to take a ton of work and a ton of execution, a little bit of luck, and a little bit of taking advantage of opportunity. But I think when you have – clear and cut expectations without accountability those you can't put a number on that but it will lead you to win some games that you normally would have lost now we saw that right towards the end of the year now we're going to have a full year with it with without trying to play scramble into it with a favorable schedule with the favorable opportunity that opportunity is this is the most turnover in the big 10 west that there has been and i would probably say least 10 to 15 years i'm talking about coaching and philosophy changes right so even though wisconsin still has allen as their running back their philosophy changed luke mm-hmm. fickle's coming and doing something totally different there's not a holdover because jim leonard's gone so it's a no defensive philosophy and an offensive philosophy if you looked at their spring game way more passing now when it comes down to it they're going to line up and punch you in the face okay purdue lost their ultimate equalizer which was brahm their quarterback coach and their play caller and their offensive system potentially, right? Then if you even look a little even a little bit further, okay, Walters took over there. He is gone. One of the big underrated things was Illinois' defense. He's gone. So then they lose the Brown brothers, the running back and the safety, right? And their corner. So that's a different right there. 
Um, and then Northwestern, right? The team that you think every other year, the year that they're not supposed to be really good, they were actually horrible last year. So there's something off there, right? So even, you know, even though you know, okay, Northwestern is going to be down this year, they're going to be back next year because they maybe were a little bit younger and they're going to add pieces. Well, what is, what's happened is, right, they've had a couple guys drafted really high, right? But teams have plucked some of their better players. Newsom went to Notre Dame. He'll be in the draft. So, so they've came and got those kind of stalwart players out of a place like Northwestern. Then you think of Iowa, right? All the pressures on them for the to produce more than twenty five or twenty seven points, right? Twenty five keeps Brian so, around, right? Right. But look what they lost on defense. Okay, they lost their number one pass rusher in Van Van Ness, right? They lost Riley, who's been was an All American corner. They lost an All American linebacker in the in the heart of their defense, and they lost a safety. They're weak up the middle just by experience and practice reps gone, right? You're just not going to replace that. And a guy that was your one of your best punt returners and your corner and who scored probably in the last two years at least four TDs on interceptions, gone. Which you could lean on while that offense starts to take place, right? Even though you're really – they probably have the best tight end room in the Big Ten. Two NFL guys, all in Lachey. You know Jim Lachey, you mm-hmm. know, right? So you have two NFL tight ends. Who knows how to wide receiver? You have a quarterback that fits your system, but now you don't have that defense to lean on to not only score points, shut teams down, and to give you the ball back continuously. So if you talk about turnover and opportunity, this is a year, even though it's a kind of whatever, you know, also a new, new year, this is the year to kind of get that. Okay, here would be a question. Here would be an analogy to it. Not to this maximum, because if we did what the Vikings did, in O'Connell's first year, we'd be in the in the in the championship. But in a new new year with a new GM, a new head coach, even though Kirk Cousins was there and you had guys on offense, it's a to- that doesn't normally happen in the NFL. With an, in, first of all, a rookie head coach, okay, and a rookie GM to win thirteen wins or thirteen and win a division, right? That normally doesn't happen. So the so the analogy is for Nebraska. But the opportunity was there. They won some games they shouldn't. Then they kind of got rolling. Same thing with Nebraska. You got the opportunity. Minnesota's down. The unstoppable force of that running game is depleted. Moe's gone. Okay. The quarterback's gone, who was around so much he started to look like PJ Fleck. Mm-hmm. And the one of the best centers, run blocking centers for the last three years is gone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the big right tackle was gone from last year. Right. They got their tight end back, who was a former basketball player. The, the number one receiver is coming back, but he's coming back off of ACL that got hurt la- at the end of last year. He won't be healthy. And then you got a new quarterback that's going from gadget quarterback, kind of relief pitcher, mm-hmm. right, to starter, which is totally different. Mm-hmm. So now teams get to study with, you know, the game against Nebraska, other games, where Nebraska was just like, we got about 10, 12 plays. And obviously he played better than Tanner Morgan, but it was because of, you know, not being familiar. So the opportunity – to manufacture, and also say this before you get going, is the reason why I say it is if you're going to be innovative in how you recruit, mm-hmm. right? I see DP in there. Okay, he's a track guy, but he also can play football. He's underrated from the, you know, a smaller division in Texas, but he's he's still a rated three or four star because he's been to those camps. But we can marry the two together, be innovative there. Then I'm just only going to assume that you can be an innovative how you can manufacture wins based on your experience and based on how you're able to recruit. If I, I, I've said this about Nebraska's program the last 
three years. The three years that I've been here, I've said the very, or the four years I've been here, I've said the very same thing in the offseason and at the beginning of the season. If Nebraska went four and eight, I would not be surprised one bit. If Nebraska went eight and four, I would not be surprised one bit for the very same reasons. For the very same reasons. If if you replace the four with a two, we got a different conversation. <laughs> oh, if they go two and ten, it, it, well, well, it, four and eight, four and eight is is the, is the, is. I think half that's been the norm, but but listen though, DP, hiring Matt Rule isn't the norm, so we're not going to be coming in here with normal expectations or normal expectations. So it's six wins. That's the starting point. That's if, the Mr. T starter kit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that's the workability and that's the exhale. The roster is going to be different come August as it is now. Sure. Like I can't I can't but it can't get any worse. Oh, yes. uh, uh, Jay, Jay, oh, Jay, don't Jay. put that. Don't oh, put no, that. Don't uh, put that evil that, yeah. on us. Oh. Don't it you can't. put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. It can't be any worse. It can't even be. You know what? It can't oh, be any my. worse. Oh, you know, he, 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 he are you hearing this? He's he doing this. That. He put he that out there. That. He said he put that in the universe. What do you mean? Because for what do you well, hold on? What, what, one how, third of the listeners think there is a curse. Oh, I ain't trying to And when that. you activate the curse, <laughs> like that, that, one third the of the listener base just went, ah! The curse has nothing to do with me saying that the roster can't get any worse. The curse, Frank Solis extinguished that when he came back. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you guys why the roster can't get, get, get worse when we come back after this break. You guys need to listen up. <laughs> 